again, everybody, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday, the 1st of April, 2012. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. One show thingy at a time or something like that. I don't know. You can hear Gun Rights Radio Network on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, or Palm phones. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Gun Rights Radio Network shows can be found under sources. Before we jump into the show, let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact the show, there's a couple of different ways to do so. The first would be to use our voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731, 206-745-2731. I do use this voicemail for my other podcast, so when you are leaving a message, make sure that you mention that it is for Firearms Cafe. If you'd like to send in your own audio recording, or if you'd like to send in a regular email, and have me read it for you on the show, I'd be more than happy to do that. The email address is firearmscafe at gmail.com, all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. On the show today, we do have one email in, and I'll go ahead and read that off for you guys. This is from Jeff in Texas, and he's writing in about uh, show number 68, where we were talking a little bit about the wages that the top people in the NRA are making. Jeff writes in, hey, Tony. Sorry I'm pretty late on this feedback. I've been thinking about it for about a month, but haven't had the chance to sit down and write this up. When Lawrence comments about Wayne LaPierre's salary, I like to think about this a different way. First of all, Wayne is effectively the CEO of a corporation. For that responsibility, we pay CEO wages. You aren't going to attract top talent if you don't pay a competitive wage. I think the best way to judge this is to look at what the NRA accomplishes each year. I think just looking at what the NRA has gotten done on the legislative front for the last few years, I think we're getting top-notch results, and we should pay for that performance. Now, if I were a member of GOA, which I'm not, I can't really point to anything that they have accomplished. So, given that whatever Larry Pratt makes is probably too much in my book. Considering Second Amendment Foundation, once again, I don't know what Alan Gottlieb makes, but whatever it is, it is fine as look at what they are getting done. Seeing him hold a fat check from the city of Chicago says he is earning his pay. Another thing to consider is Wayne has to live near D.C., which is some of the highest cost of living in the country. So, depending on where one lives in the country, that also has an impact. Anyways, I think you and I are in agreement based on your comments, but that's my take on Lawrence's comments. Given their performance of the NRA, I will continue supporting them once I pay off my easy pay life. I don't see myself not contributing anymore, and I am already a Second Amendment Foundation life member, and I still gave them more money last year and will give again this year. And again, that's from Jeff in Texas. You know, I guess it boils down to, well, before I jump in, I wanted to say thanks for sending that in, Jeff. I appreciate it. Also, Jeff supplied a link in the email uh, to a list uh, that the ILA had done, which is the... uh, legislative wing of the NRA, and I will put that in the show notes on today's show. Now, uh, I guess the main thing we have to look at is if you are a a gun owner, I do think that you should be a member of the NRA. The only reason I would say maybe if if you didn't is if you just absolutely 100% were convinced that they were having a negative impact as far as our individual rights in this country is concerned. 
For me, I think that they catch the ball more often than they drop the ball. Now, they do do some stuff that I don't like. Uh, they sometimes claim credit for things or, or kind of jump on the bandwagon on things that maybe they didn't have a lot to do with or hardly anything to do with. Uh, and we see some of that stuff when we look at Second Amendment Foundation. Uh, so some of that stuff I don't like. But I do think that when we look at the big picture, when we look at the long game, I think that they are accomplishing things for us. And so I do think that you should be a member. If, again, like I said, you just say, look, I just cannot, on my principles, I cannot be a member of the NRA. I do think then you do need to be a member of a national organization. My recommendation, whether you belong to the NRA or not, is you need to belong to the Second Amendment Foundation. They are getting a lot of things accomplished. They're pushing forward legislation that is going to have an effect on us and on this country for years and years to come. I also think that you should be a member of your state organization uh, and uh, you know maybe even of your local uh, gun range or, or uh, rifle and pistol organization, that type of thing. Anything that you can do when you're especially on the local level really helps quite a bit. Now, I've talked in in past shows and I, I mention them as, uh, pretty often is the Arizona Citizens Defense League. As you guys know, I live in Arizona and I, I'm a, I'm a member there, and they actually get quite a bit accomplished. So I I'm a recurring member there, and I also. Uh, will be a member of that organization, uh, you know, unless they all of a sudden turned anti-gun, which of course they're not. But they're an organization that I can look at and I can point to very, very specific things and very specific pieces of legislation over the years that due to them and in a uh, probably a larger sense due to we, the membership there, when we contact our local officials, when we send in the emails and letters and phone calls, it gets things accomplished. Uh, and then one example of that, let me pull this up here real quick. Um, recently, oh, it's uh, House, there's a, um, I think it's House Bill 2728, which basically allows the use of sound suppressors when hunting. That got signed by the governor on the 29th. So these are one of those things where it's kind of one of those baby step deals where if it's okay to have suppressors for hunting, maybe eventually if enough other states get that too, we can put pressure on the ATF and they will downgrade, I guess, for the lack of a better word, the designation of suppressors. Right now, they're basically considered the same thing as other class three weapons, like, you know, full, fully automatic uh, rifles. Uh, so... If it gets downgraded to like an any other weapon or any other item status, something like that, uh, the tax stamp goes from $200 down to $5. And when you think about it, most suppressors run around and they probably average around like $250. So if you're having to pay $250 for a suppressor and then you have to pay another $200 on top of that, it really, really makes it cost prohibitive for a lot of people. I mean, I would love to have a suppressor for my Glock 17, but I don't want to pay, you know, I'm going to have to get a threaded barrel number one, then I'm going to have to pay another $450 just to be able to get the suppressor uh, of that. 200 of that is basically just 
me basically flushing the money down the toilet. Uh, but eventually I think this is one of those things where it's a baby step and eventually I think it will, it, hopefully it will become relatively commonplace and we'll be able to, uh, uh, to get some of that stuff kind of reclassified, I guess is maybe a better word. But getting back to uh, some of the other legislation that's coming through out here, there is a bill, uh, House Bill 2729, um, which basically is saying that if you are, if you, uh, I'll just read the thing here, it says, which would require operators of state and local government property wishing to ban firearms to control access using law enforcement personnel or armed guards and metal detectors. And this has been scheduled for a review of the Senate uh, Rules Committee, which will be actually tomorrow, which will be April 2nd. Now, coming up to that, a lot of this this bill was kind of going up and down, and I talked about this a little bit on, on past shows. But what they said is we... They got over 5,000 emails went to the committee members. And so that's why this thing is still alive. On a national level, you know, some of these guys in the in the Senate and in the House of Representatives, they're not going to really give two craps about 5,000 things or if, you know, you have some committee that gets it, uh, they may not really give that because based on the national uh, average of, you know, that's not that much. But again, at your local level, those 5,000 emails also represent 5,000 people that are that may not vote for you next time when you come up. And that, in a local election, that those 5,000, that's a huge, huge number. There's lots and lots of races out here that sometimes are decided by 100 votes. Uh, sometimes, you know, they'll go up maybe as much as 1,000. So when these guys see, hey, there's, there's 5,000 people that I can probably, if, if I support this stuff and go the way they want me to, they're going to then vote for me when I come up for re-election. So that's why I always say a lot of times the the national stuff, we may not be able to have that much say, but on the local things, I actually do think we we can have some impact. Uh, I think, you know, there's, there's some other stuff. Um, there was a... Uh, um, normally when you're out hunting, you're not allowed to wear like a sidearm or have something that wouldn't be considered a hunting weapon. It would be considered a, a prohibited weapon. So there's also house bill 2457, which would allow possession of otherwise prohibited weapons. So something for self-defense while hunting that passed out of the Senate of the whole, uh, committee for the whole on the 27th. And the next step is a, uh, third read vote. And then if it goes from there, Following that, it would go to the governor. At that point, if it does go to the governor, I think she probably would sign that because that's not going to be a, a a real hot-button issue. And again, some people may say, well, why would that be important? But again, it kind of goes back to it's, it's this uh, baby step stuff. It's sort of one more brick in the wall where we can say, well, it's ridiculous. If we can carry a gun at McDonald's, if we can carry a gun and, while hunting, if we can carry a gun... Uh, while going into uh, national park and state parks, why can't we, if we, and you can even throw the caveat, why can't we, even if you have a concealed carry weapons permit, why can't I then go on school property with that? Uh, so, you know, again, everything, everything builds on, on something else. 
so again, and that's why too I say if even if you're in Montana or if you live in Illinois, uh, where you think, man, there is just if if I give my money to an organization here, it, it's going to just be wasted. Go ahead and send you know fifteen twenty dollars to uh, uh, an organization like Arizona Citizens Defense League, uh, because again, what happens here in Arizona if it's mirrored in Utah and Texas and Nevada and in Oregon or uh, you know in other places, eventually it might it might be able to be brought to your state as well. Uh, you know we're going to see we we see that that's exactly what happened with concealed carry. And I think that's what's going to happen with what they would call constitutional carry, which would mean that you would not have to have a uh, a, per- a permit to be able to carry concealed as long as, again, as long as you're not a prohibited possessor. Um, as far as what's going to happen with any of the, uh, uh, maybe up on the national level with the stuff like the national reciprocity, there's a couple of ways to look at that. You can look at that. It may even pass out or it may be another real super close thing where it almost passes. Uh, but kind of the politics behind the scenes I'm sure is they're on the democratic side. They're probably going to have some people vote for it who maybe normally would not in a crunch situation because they know even if it passes, uh, Obama would veto it. Uh, so, the the real time to look at some of that stuff is if somebody else is in office who you know if that came up there would not absolutely veto it. Um, and that's sometimes, you know, when we look at these people's voting records and look at what's going on in reference to us, you can't just look at, is it was it a yes or no vote? You sort of have to look at and try and find out what are some of the circumstances about why they're voting a certain way. Did they do it knowing full well that it didn't matter because uh, the president or whoever else was going to was going to veto this or they voted for it knowing that um, they've already gone to their leadership and said, hey, in my district, I need some help with some of my uh, pro gun people. And if I can put this on here, we know it's going to fail. We know it's not going to go anywhere, but let me at least say yes. And uh, somebody else can have the no vote, which, you know, which uh, defeats the thing. So just be aware that those those kind of games and things are always played. All right, you know what? I think I'm going to wrap it up. My throat's a little sore today, so uh, the show may be a little bit shorter. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys got something out of it. Um, before I go, I got to spend some time with my buddy Ken and his wife. Uh, Ken is back from Afghanistan on a little R&R. He'll be heading back there pretty soon. And I wanted to give uh, those guys a shout-out, and uh, they were passing through town and I got to spend some time and have some dinner with them, break some bread with those guys and uh, real super nice people. Um, and I really appreciate the service that he does. And, uh, and, uh, like I told him, I said, even if I kind of forget to give you a shout out, we're always thinking about you. And I know that uh, the listeners to this show were, we're thinking about all our guys that are over there, uh, that are serving the country for us. So, all right, that is going to do it. My friends, I will talk to you guys next time. Take care.
devil has given him superhuman strength. Houdini!